Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dave Neal here. Welcome to the SAP. This is a podcast called the Sex Actually Podcast, SAP. And if you're watching us on the video, it's the Patreon version. Hello, everyone on the video. Good to see you guys. And for our audio-only listeners, nice to hear from you. I hope everyone's doing well. I'm recording this on a Friday afternoon. Let me tell you something. I have never limped into the weekend quite like today. Had a very late night last night stand-up show in San Diego. Uh, well, we'll get into all that, but I do have to say, I you know, it's so it's so weird how hard we run sometimes with our own creative endeavors that it's amazing right now. The busiest I've ever been in my life with creative work. How much I how guilty I feel that I haven't been recording more podcast episodes. You know, I went probably what six years straight not missing an episode every single week and then obviously the last half of the pandemic we just we just lost it we did and here's the deal you know each episode gets about a thousand views i got a nice thousand of you guys but then youtube came along and it's given me a hundred thousand views a day so obviously i've had to just barrel hard into the youtube but i'm trying to find a happy medium where i do the video version of the patreon for the people that are in the membership community the audio version for free and we find uh, we find another way to kind of make this all work. Obviously, Tasha hasn't been involved much with uh, the podcast at all since we moved. Things with us couldn't be better. Maybe it's a good thing. Uh, but uh, since we moved here, we haven't had the same podcasting setup. And likewise, at the same time in the last six months, the YouTube channel has blown up. So that's where we stand. I always feel like I need to sort of let people know because podcasting is only as good as you know, as a, a, if it, you have to be super regular with it or else what are you even doing? But the YouTube channel, I'm beyond regular with that. I'm making 20, I don't know, 25 videos a week. So I guess if people want to see me, that's where they need to be for the day-to-day content. Now, of course, the podcast needs to be reinvented. I'm sort of talking my way through it. What is it? Is it the Dave Neal show? Does it become something else completely? I think it needs to have me as the brand. I think that's what I've messed up all along is over the years, I've tried to build a, a following based off of tag words. You know, we were first the You Up podcast, and then I wanted to be something a little more gritty. You know, like there, were, there was obviously the Guys We Fucked podcast. So I go, well, we need, we need to have something with something like sex in the title. So we became the Sex Actually podcast. And then I realized that sex is actually a word that a lot of, you know, like YouTube doesn't want to hear because it's very like PG friendly. So then I, we became the SAP for Sex Actually Podcast, SAP. So it'd been one thing after another. And then finally you go, all right, maybe maybe it's just back to the name. Maybe we're at a place now where YouTube has given us a lot of love on the algorithm. So maybe I can just call the podcast the Dave Neal Show. But I mean, that 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 sounds very boring to me. So I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Is there something that... I say or do that's unique to me that that can hold the name of a show. Who knows? Who knows what it is? But I would like to get back to to doing more weekly uh, solo long-form things like I do on the podcast. It's nice to just rant to myself. It feels like this is my only form of therapy. Um, but the thing is, I just I just need to find I just need to find a way to do it where it's like set into my schedule. Because whenever I, you you know how it is, whenever you make some labor of love the last priority, then you'll just never get to it. That's just how it'll be. Um, As far as life goes, though, I couldn't couldn't be in more of a surreal moment with my life. Um, 
If you've seen me in person, I hope you pick up on it. It's just been unreal to go from a thousand people that believed in me, which has been amazing, but not exactly profitable, to, well, let's let's go back. When I started the live stream in like December, I was doing Vlogmas. So this is, this is only nine months ago. I was doing Vlogmas, which was a daily Christmas video. Those were getting 250 views each. They were making about a dollar, literally a dollar each. And they probably cost a lot of money because, you know, we're buying Christmas trees. We're buying, you know, Christmas-themed Harry Potter drinks. It, it, it was costing a fortune. And then, but something about creating daily content led into January where we decided to do live streams before and after episodes and and filling in the gap between what we see on the show, Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelorette, the whole franchise, like just the X's nose of recapping, well, so-and-so said this and so-and-so said that. And then actually diving into people's lives and talking about their social um or the, the sociology, what am I trying to say? Psych, psychological? Oh, wow. I need a beer. You know, diving into, into the greater depths of people's lives, their tweets, their habits, what they're doing, who's getting canceled, who's, you know, who's messed up, what relationships. I don't know. I found, I found that the in-between zone wasn't being covered in a way that it felt, it just felt like there was an opportunity. And then I don't know what happened with YouTube deciding to pull the trigger on me but they started giving us something like 10 million impressions a month. So, you know, an impression doesn't necessarily mean a view, but if if people end up keep on coming back for more, it becomes a livelihood. It became a livelihood. January, February, March, April was was beyond exponential growth. It leveled off over the summer, and then it's been spiking again this fall. And I don't know, will it grow four more times? Will it grow, you know, very slowly now? Who really knows? But I'm at the point now where, even if it stays in plateaus where it is right now, it's it's for sure a livelihood I can sort of work with. And because of that, coming out of the pandemic, uh, new audiences want to come to stand-up shows. Uh, I spent the last decade performing in front of people that were there to see somebody else. So what is the what is the sort of message I'm trying to get across? Spent 10 years developing comedy and stage time, performing in front of people that were there to see somebody else. And now a lot of them are there to see me. And is it, it's for sure the weirdest feeling in the world when someone looks at me and, and knows who I am and I'm still just me, some weird guy who's just hanging out in the corner. I'm, I've never been insecure about that. I've always appreciated kind of like that, you know, my whole life that way. But now you realize... Oh, people—they're gonna come to comedy shows. They're gonna want to get a piece of, uh, you know, the conversation, which I totally respect. I did a show a couple years ago with—it uh, was—it was at a theater, and there was a couple of comedians on the show that had a very successful uh, podcast. And after the show, there's you know maybe four or five hundred people that were there to see them. They decided to stay in the green room and eat dinner and not go outside till all the fans had cleared. So they didn't have to see them all. This is pre-pandemic. There was really no reason that this would ever, that anyone would ever do this other than you don't want to blow your voice out. I couldn't believe it. Having worked every side gig in the world, every minimum wage job in the world, nights where I knew I was working side gigs when I could have been doing stand-up, but I would have had to do stand-up for free and I couldn't afford to pay my bills and years where I couldn't afford an engagement ring and I couldn't progress my 
relationship in ways that I wanted to because I wasn't where I wanted to be in my late 20s, early 30s. Uh, all of these moments I held on to, like this sort of, sort of, you know, this, these moments where, like, as a man, I'm supposed to be a breadwinner. I'm supposed to be, you know, the guy in charge, making moves, wanting to take my lady on different vacations. All of that I was so, so, so far behind on. And then I see people, essentially millionaires, if not on their way to being millionaires, with a sold out theater, and they were hiding from the people that provided them the livelihood, the flexibility to work a very few amount of hours a week uh, and make great, great riches to make them, um, you know, you know, times bestsellers and this and that. And I go, oh my gosh, I hope to never reach that level of complacency. And I, and I understand there is a point if you have a following big enough where you literally just can't say hi to everybody. It's, but you know, I, if that, that, that's another bridge to cross on another date and time. And these people weren't there. They, they had 20, 30, 40 people waiting outside the theater that they could have very easily taken photos. So the whole point is, is you see that and you say, you say, how, how do I give back the amount of energy to these people for what they've given me? So I had a show last night, sort of last minute, booked it a week earlier in San Diego. And I've had a lot of people ask to come out to San Diego and as you guys know, I've, and again, I, I just hope this comes off the, with the, the way of gratitude I want it to, but I just, I, it's just like, I'm looking at this, if for the video, the video can see the audio, I'm looking at this, um, this stitching, I don't know what it's called, it's, it's not cross stitch, but it's a little stitching somebody made, and it has my, kind of uh, one of my taglines, I digress, and it's got, they made a stitching of me with a little hair, and I'm looking, and, I, and I've been keeping this on my desk, this was given to me. Uh, a couple weeks ago in New York City when I had a stand-up show on the roof. And I probably talked about this the last time, so pardon the redundancy here if you didn't catch this the last time. But my buddies, my ride-or-die buddies that lived with me in New York City that, under, that, that were there the night I found out my dad died, that were always there for all my heartbreaks, for all the tough moments, they were at the stand-up show where they got to see a audience member give this to me, this nice little gift. That probably took them, I mean, I don't know how long this takes, five hours, 10 hours, how long, 20, how long does it take to make this? The amount of effort somebody put into this, the amount of time somebody spent, you know, methodically stitching these little, this little design of me, all because that was their way of showing their, their love language uh, for me. And how do I give that back? And some people say, well, Dave, the, the work you're doing on YouTube by just giving people content is like the gift to them, which... That sounds kind of um, presumptuous to be like, oh, Dave, you're giving them a gift. I'm, I'm, you guys are giving me the platform and the clicks, which are paying my bills and, and helping feed my family. And that's something that's, that's for my friends to see a, a stranger to me hand this to me and take photos at the New York show. And one, one lady drove in from over an hour away to the show. They were coming from different boroughs. That was a big deal. And last night, much the same. The people that came out to the stand-up show were people that I've taken voicemails from on the live stream and phone calls and, and people that have DM'd me and written to me. And the people that have spoken to me 
saying that they love watching the growth of the channel, that's something that's hard to imagine, especially in a world where all of my friends are other comedians trying to get a slice of their pie. Not many friends do I kind of have. I think I don't think anyone's got too many great close friends that you can share your stats with, your how the business is going, this and that. But you guys, not being competition of mine, I think appreciate it in a way where you have no stake in the matter. You have no stake in the matter other than you get to see how, how far this puppy can go. And that's something I've appreciated. I, I, I'll say this. It goes in line with this. And I, again, I hope this comes off way, way more as just like nice, humble gratitude and less boring the hell out of you guys. But I don't want the podcast-only listeners to not feel the gratitude because you guys have been the people that have listened for a long, long time in a very, very crowded market where everybody and their mother has a podcast. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and I appreciate you guys so, so much. So I'm not trying to neglect you guys. I'm just trying to find a better way to make this work. And I think I think the way I'm doing it now where I, where I can do the more open-ended State of the Union podcast uh, video on Patreon and the free one for you guys, I think this is the way to do it. Um, but times have been crazy. It's been the craziest week ever. I just—I literally just woke up from a two-hour nap, which sounds insane. If you know me, that's that that two-hour nap. I probably haven't napped two hours in the last nine months. <laughs> I really haven't. Um, but we just—we I I could not sleep last night after getting in at about two a.m. and woke up uh, really early and made some content. Tasha had to go back to the urgent care today. She's been pretty sick um, since we got back from New York. She's had a sinus infection. She's had different things that have let... She 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 convinced herself she broke a rib from coughing so much. And I was like, come on, you didn't break a rib. Uh, but I was like, yeah, if you want to go get x-rays, we'll go get x-rays. So we went today to get x-rays. She tore cartilage that is between the ribs from coughing so hard and found out she has pneumonia. Um, just Sunday, we went to the urgent care and they told her she didn't have pneumonia. So maybe it developed since then uh, in the x-rays. She's on a ton of medicine. She's she's looking and feeling a little bit better. She finally went back to work, but in this freelance lifestyle we live in, for her to take one full week off of work is a lot of money. And she you don't get vacation days. You don't get sick days. It's freelance. So not only is she taking time off of work, she's potentially being replaced from the jobs she did have. So anyway, let me have a sip of this. So it's been tough. But I, I, I have to come back to the gratitude here where the, the main thing I've been able to tell Tasha is, which might sound so, I don't know, so simple, but, you know, if, if anyone's in relationships, for me to tell Tasha, hey, you don't have to work. You can stay home sick. I've got this. That is something that, that is a type of pride I didn't even know I'd ever, I'd ever feel. Just to say, hey, you're okay. You can stay home. You don't have to be out there. I have this. And we never had that. We have not had that in our relationship where I could go, Hey, I'm going to, I'm the breadwinner. You, you work and do whatever brings you joy, but you don't have to take the gigs that don't bring you joy anymore. You don't have to go to work when you're sick. You don't have to do those types of things. You did it the first seven years of our relationship. And I, and I don't, I've been I've been having this I've had a lot of fools luck and a lot of um a lot of self 
belief over the years where like things are going to work out. I see friends. I see, I've seen the blueprints for other people. So it makes sense now that I go, I've seen this work out for other people. I know it can work out. Stay positive, work hard, be humble, X, Y, and Z. Well, I can feel that all I want. But if that feeling isn't something my fiance can feel, that's tough in a relationship because we all want, some of us want more control than others. And I feel like Tasha is that way where she can't control whether my things have success or not. She's believed in me or she wouldn't be with me. And I've questioned that. I go, does, does she believe in me? And I go, well, she's stuck with me for a very long time. She clearly believes in me. But at the same time, she knows like there's a practical, like I, I've never, I've never lived out of my car. I've always had a bunch of side gigs to stay afloat where there's a lot of comics that'll just literally live off the grid until things hit. And I've never, I've always had the mentality like, no, you need to take care of yourself. I need to make enough money to have a gym membership and be able to buy clothes and whatever. But never, but never for 10 years did I ever make more that got me like a month ahead of, you know, breaking even or whatever the case may be. So the whole idea of having a six month security or, or, or this or that lined up. It was, it was never an option. You know, I'm in my mid thirties and they say, you know, well, you got to start investing at 22. And if you save X amount by this, you know, that, that wasn't going to happen. But what I knew would happen and it hopefully will happen in other ways that I can't even imagine yet is that, uh, is that the windfall of, of owning your own content of not renting out your time of developing an audience, the numbers alone with the de donations and the Patreons and YouTube ad revenue will add up in a way that will make up for whatever like traditional lifestyle investments I never did. And, and I just hope that that's the case. And that's kind of the risk you take. And I've always said this as a joke, but like my plan B is not having one at all. Because by not having like a true thing to fall back on, you will you will have to land on your feet. And if it feels like you're not landing on your feet, that's the feeling you live in. I, I was just I was just watching, you know, you evolve. Like obviously I didn't think YouTube would take off the way it did, but it fits perfectly into everything else I want to do. I think I mentioned this on a live stream the other day, but I stopped even like answering one of my agents. I just stopped answering their emails. You know, I would I was afraid to look in my Gmail because I was afraid to get an audition by them that I didn't want, that was going to take me away from YouTube and take me away from all the other things that were earning money. And what I realized was, this is just like my natural subconscious telling me to avoid the old business model. Avoid the model that pays a thousand people before it pays me, that that doesn't respect, you know, that there's a million people waiting out the line and it's the brick wall. It's the whole idea of the brick wall is not meant to keep you out, but meant to show you how bad you want something. So there's a million people on the outside of the brick wall that will audition for projects that will do all these things, but will they spend years developing their own content so that when the time comes to sell it, they have complete control, autonomy and ownership over it. And that's the hard thing to find. I know a large portion of my Patreon members, my YouTube subscribers, and my podcast subscribers uh, have the fire within them to create their own thing. I've done interviews with some of you guys for your books. I've done them for people's podcasts, YouTube channels, and and other you know uh, Etsy pages, things that they're making. Uh, and I understand that there is a desire by all of us to to go out on our own, to not follow the beaten path, and it doesn't mean. It, it doesn't make us lousy people. 
it you, we just see a system that doesn't work for people. And there was a time, you know, you remember this, like, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, you hear these stories where like so-and-so worked at Sears his whole life, just a nine to five job. He worked 40 hours a week at Sears. He had health care for his whole family. They lived in a home. They would go on vacations in their Winnebago. That, that like life is just archaic. It doesn't exist. There's something that happened. Things are, things cost more. You can't live that lifestyle where you just, you are a company man your whole life. It's, it is the exception to the rule. In some cases, you know, I worked at GM for 28 years. In some cases, that's the way it works. But I, I, I was lucky enough to see early on that, that my generation, you know, you work at a job for 20 months, max. And that's like as standard as it's going to get. And then, and then I realized when I worked in marketing, every single person in the creative department had their own portfolio. Every single person had their own business they were working on, like on the side, there's, you know, as they had their main thing. And, you know, you realize that it, it hits you dead in the face with stand-up where you're like, every single gig I book, I am a freelance and I'm only as good as how I am that night. I'm only as good as the audience sees me. I'm only as good as the booker sees me. Will people come back to see me again? And that kind of becomes the question I ask with YouTube. 10 million impressions a month. What the heck can I do to keep people coming around? Now, if you guys obviously watch my channel, I don't overthink it. I don't overplan it. I kind of realize people come for me. Some people say they don't like it. It's watered down. But I think for the most part, people enjoy putting some tune on, and it's the friendship that we build. So I think there might be a world where maybe... I could have double the subscribers if I kept my videos only to two minutes long. I could give people just airtight content, be done with it. But then would they come to a stand-up show? Would they get to enjoy the humor that I enjoy, the irreverencies of life? You know, the stupid breaking news and the, and the, 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 the tangents. If, if, if you wa- and, and, and in some ways, that's why YouTube has been successful for me. You, you, make, you make a TikTok, you know, you whittle it down to 60 seconds, you make all this short content. Where do you air out the real joy of, uh, you know, the, the vacuous moments? You know, Norm MacDonald just passed away from cancer nine years, didn't tell anybody he had it, at least, you know, in the public. And then, and then, and then, and then one day he's gone. And, he, and he's got jokes that are five minutes long with so much dead air and so much suspense that when the punchline hits, it's like a backdraft of an explosion. It's like that moment that oxygen just hits and everything explodes because he's so good at airing out his character in a way that audiences are just like laughing in anticipation of what he's even thinking about saying. And I couldn't imagine someone like him thriving in a TikTok world. And it's so weird that that's the world we live in where we've got long-form YouTube versus short-form TikTok, and, and both are both are surviving. But I've just, I feel like I've been lucky that long-form long form YouTube, a lot of people have found me. Some have stuck around for the comedy, and some stick around because it's sort of like um, Yacht Rock for like if you're going to be, uh, I don't know, vacuuming. Or, or we had uh, some sisters come to the show from Texas yesterday one lives in san diego uh and the other one's visiting from texas and she says i think she was the one who says i just put i put you on when i bike ride home <laughs> and it's like all right it's uh it's like when a it's like when a baby uh you know you need to get your baby to sleep so you go for a car ride and it just needs to feel some white noise some bumps 
And I feel like that's how we can be on our channels. There, there's some white noise, some bumps, and in a world that's pretty much torn apart due to the pandemic, in a world where we don't get to see people in the same scenarios we used to or we're away from our family, we can sort of create a little camaraderie somehow by me talking through the microphone to you guys. And how blessed with, um, and, and, and by the way, I am so, I am so aware some of you guys might find this painfully, painfully uninteresting. <laughs> but the little, the little things that have made this channel, I think, unique, like setting up the Google voicemail number where some of you guys can just give a phone call. I get drunk voicemails, lonely voicemails, happy. I get people calling on the way to a job interview, then they call back after they got the job. I've got people calling about their on-again, off-again relationships. And the investment that we have in each other is just a simple, it's just simple proof that as humans, we do want to watch each other succeed when we can separate the fear and the, um, the compare. You know, to compare is despair, right? So we separate that on here. And we're not trying to fight with each other for a limited amount of uh, whatever, you know, the resources are we're fighting over. In my industry, it's stage time. You know, I got, I got asked by my buddy to do this show in San Diego. And then another friend of mine, a best friend of mine, was like, oh, man, you, you, you're doing that show? I was like, yeah, 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 Josh, yeah, Josh, I'm doing Josh's show. And he was like, Josh asked you to do it? And he kind of said it in a way that, you know, I'm not, I'm not being entirely defensive. I, I'm pretty sure I read it the right way. Where I'm like, yeah, he asked me to do his show. Do you not think I'm good enough for him to want me to do his show? But as comics, we're all fighting over these scraps. We really are that when we get something, the kind of the hack joke that we have is that if we get something rather than saying, hey, congratulations, we'll, we'll say, who books that? Oh, I got this great spot at the thing. Oh, yeah, nice. Who books that? You know, like uh, I got a buddy of mine and last night he sees whenever I, I'm at a new stand up show, I'll get me, I'll get a bunch of messages from other comics saying, hey, could you introduce me to the booker? Because we're so starved. Our artwork It'd be like if we were all, um, you know, like painters and there was only a set number of canvases out there. Oh, who got you on that canvas? Let me get... It's so... Because we're looking for humans and that we're zombies looking for humans in the flesh that we can do our comedy in front of. And it's, it's, it's the one currency that's the hardest to build and the hardest to take away. I was on somebody... Somebody had asked me for a quote for their a magazine, some, some online journal for... Um, they, they do a lot of influencer marketing and... They were like, they were like, what? Tell, tell us some something interesting that you believe about social media. And and what I said was, the quicker you build a following, the quicker you can tear it apart, and vice versa. The slower you can build a house, brick by brick, the longer and stronger it will stand. If you can grow your pe your people, your audience, your friends and family, your believers, like um, you know, in in a way that's that's truly they're invested in in everything you have going on. They're going to hang around. They're going to hang around if you say something the wrong way and you get canceled or whatever the case may be. They're going to have the empathy to believe in you. And I can't tell you how exciting that is to do a show like last night or in New York or um, on Monday in, in, in ho at the Hollywood Improv. I did my show Monday and um, this nice lady, Cosette, came. I say lady. She's 22. She's young. She came with her boyfriend, Gabe. 
And I didn't, I, you know, a bunch of different people said, Hey, I'll come to your show. And so I was like, all right, cool. See ya. And then they came to my show and I didn't, I saw them in the audience. I talked to them from the stage, didn't realize who they were. And then afterwards I, I looked at my DMS and it was Cosette in a DM and she's verified, which, you know, when someone's verified and they DM you, it just like, it just like catches your attention. And it was like, Oh, we're going to come to the show tonight. And I was like, Oh, that's the girl. That's the girl I was just talking to. I look, she's got several million TikTok followers. I was like, oh my gosh, to be 23 years old and have this huge following that believes in you while, you know, the, the, on the one side you look at it and you go, man, I wish I had that at 23. Are you kidding me? That's incredible. I'm sure, you know, I don't know. I'm sure she's making crazy money with the brand deals. She's, you know, all, I mean, you know, when, when you get into the millions on TikTok, you're a, you're a marketing, you know, they're, they're going to be throwing money at you. You know, I'm just, I'm thinking these things. She, couldn't have been sweeter. Just happy to be there for a stand-up show. And I think, so the point is, I think what you realize is the, the, the better and more success that you achieve, the less you compare yourself to others because you don't have the time and you're more focused on how do you keep on building the thing you're creating. So it's almost like if you're, when, when, and again, this is for any, I think for anything creative, if you truly don't know what you're building, you just start chiseling away at the marble, but the but the closer you get to understanding, oh, I'm I see what this is. The more you can finesse things, the more you can build inspiration. So the hardest part of anything creative is knowing that you've got to just start and just having this faith that something's going to come of it. And this, I have this problem. I mean, every comic has this problem with new material, where you'll find material that works and you'll forget you'll forget that like you can throw that out and write new things and, and develop. And like, I, you still have the comedy chops to develop new things and you just, anyway, so that's all resistance that comes, but it's really important to whatever it is that you're trying to create out there. Just realize you've got it within you. There is this weird sort of web of creativity we all have. And, and for whatever reason, I think humans have too much, um, conscious thought that gets in the way of our creative side you know th this is going to sound like like i'm making this up but <laughs> the other a couple of weeks ago there was a there was a spider outside and i started watching it building a web i'm just staring at it tasha's like what are you doing and i'm staring at the spider and it just knew exactly where to go to build a web but it started with nothing and by the time it was done which i didn't stick around for the whole thing it built a pretty dang good web and the question becomes for us, what is our web? What is your web that you're building? And what are the steps you can take to start making that happen? It took me a literal global pandemic to commit to what I'm doing now. But I have to say, the year before the global pandemic, or the months leading up to the global pandemic, I had already committed to um, educating myself in the ways that I was the most weak, which was Photoshop, edit other sorts of editing and, and things, and I said I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn the things that I am the worst at, and and I had spent ten years yapping and ranting and raving and learning my own mic technique, my own character, my own whatever it is I like to I like to do and be, and I will continue to learn that, but I had neglected the finesse the the cleaning the bedroom, the, the the things below the surface of the iceberg, all the things that matter so much. 
that I was like, I guess I just don't know how to do Photoshop. I guess I don't know how to make thumbnails, all these things. And then I realized, no, I need to not worry about hitting success every single day. I need to worry about doing things right, making a video that if it takes me seven hours to edit a video, but three hours just to make the thumbnail, then spend three hours to make the thumbnail. And what I've learned over time is now it takes me 20 minutes to make that thumbnail. And it still takes me more time to make the thumbnail than it does to actually make the video. But I also know that that thumbnail is the big shiny red bow that gets people's attention so that they can watch my video. So what is it that you out there need to like cowboy up and learn how to do? What's your shiny red bow that you need to learn so that people will watch the thing that you are meant to do? or they'll consume the thing you're meant to do. And you know, in some cases it's like, look, if you've got the funds, like 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 right now, like I don't need a website, but if I did, I probably wouldn't teach myself 5 days in a row how to make the website. I know how much my YouTube is pulling in on a day-to-day basis. It would be much more profitable for me to just pay somebody to do those things. You know, but but it's like when you when you start your own business, until it's profitable, you have to be the person who learns the software to do all the things. You just have to be that person or at least know what's working and try to rip off someone else and make it your own. So anyway, I'll tell you what, I had all these questions that I was going to answer from Reddit's dating advice, but it's just not, we're just not going to get to it today. Today was just a more state of the union. And um, I'm going to have to find ways to get over my resistance to doing more podcasts like this. Uh, for those of you guys that are in the Patreon, I'm not going to do a live stream this weekend. I'm going to take this weekend. I'll, I'll make a few videos, some content, but I'm going to take this weekend as well to try to like uh, get Tasha out and get some fresh air and, and try to get like a holistically speaking as healthy as possible because uh, I know she's just a week of having to like be bedridden and needs to get out there and we'll get the dog out there and find a place to go picnic, which is actually kind of crazy because there's some bad wildfires that are coming out. So we're going to have a lot of soot raining down on us, but um I'm giving myself the permission to be a little lazy today after after a long night last night with comedy and just kind of giving myself the ability, you know, the, the you know, the 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 reminder that it's like, okay, we'll we'll take it slow. But you know, but it took me it took me a little bit of I had to take a nap before I recorded this just because I was having so much resistance in making this content because I don't really know what to do with the podcast right now. Um, maybe maybe I'll start taking more long form questions from you guys. And the podcast will be more like Dave Q&A stuff. So hang tight, uh, whether you're on the Patreon or the audio only, hang tight and we'll figure out what that may be. But um, obviously, you guys know the position I'm in. I don't take any ads on the podcast on the audio. So it's just been completely like nine straight months of YouTube hitting the ground hard where that's been the priority. I hope you guys understand that doesn't make you guys the back burner. It just means I've had to... I've had to just kind of like go, you know, let that, let, let the canoe just go down the river and, and see how fast we can get this puppy to go. And we're going pretty fast. I, I've got people writing in asking to be interns and, and assistants and these things. And I haven't hired anybody. Um, I was talking to my buddy Josh last night about this, who's got a successful YouTube, Josh Potter, and he's got an, a producer for what he does. And, and I'm just like, everything I do is so run and gun. I love it this way. I, I know a point will come when I need to hire someone else, but at the same time, I, I, like, wh- I like what we're doing and I like the rawness of it, and I'm going to probably keep it that way at least for the rest of this year 
and then we'll see what happens. I mean, look, if someone came up to me that wanted to be an intern or like I, you know, paid whatever. And like, I, like I've, I, I've got, I've got so many places that I, I could be growing my channel right now. Like, um, you know, as much as I don't want to do TikTok, if I had somebody that made eight TikToks a day for me with all of the content that I'm making, just whatever random, you know, whatever, maybe, maybe that would be a huge way to find new followers. I don't know, but I, I, and I have people saying, Hey, you should make TikToks. I'm so busy <laughs> with making just the YouTube that until I really hit the wall or the ceiling on this growth. And, and, and you know, what's funny is so many, and then I have other friends that don't really know what they're doing, what I'm doing. And they're like, Hey, maybe you could like, um, you know, you know, just, just, just friends being nice. And they're maybe like, Hey, maybe you could advertise like Facebook marketing. And, and, the, and I'm like, listen, you don't get it. I'm getting so much free advertisement from YouTube right now that they're like, don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just do what you're doing. And now I'm just going to continue to try to sharpen the pencil sharpen the knife what's the saying and uh when the new season of bachelorette starts i want to have more animated graphics um i'm waiting for the new laptop the new macbook pro to come out it's, it's gonna i'm gonna get like the nicest processing macbook pro it's gonna be blazing fast that way i can play tons more multimedia and have it more fluid and just look a little bit sharper and then my hope there is if 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 now 10 percent of people watch me when they're showed my content, maybe that'll jump up to 15%. So I think, I think the goal is now is like, okay, we found something that works. Now let's fine tune the hell out of it and get to a point where, um, the quality of the, you know, audio and video is to a place where it looks as professional as possible. And, you know, cause what I love is that people, there are, there are news organizations literally like like celebrity news organizations that are getting less views than I am with a dozen people. And, and I'm able to make content a day ahead of them because I don't have to worry about like bosses approving this and bosses approving that. And, you know, it's like, it's, it is so blazing fast what we have going on right now that I don't want to change that. I want I want to keep that going. So anyway, I wanted to give you guys a little behind the scenes of what's going on. So we're, we're struggling right now. Tasha's on the way back from, from not feeling well. Um, some other things going on, like I mentioned, I'm looking at it right now. I just, I just added some new gear to my desk. Whatever I can do to make, to make uh, as many buttons available to me. I have so many buttons on this desk, but every little thing I can do to make the the system run faster and better and quicker and more efficient will be the thing that keeps um, freeing up more time, you know, so that we can keep on having good conversations and things like that. Um, I won't be doing a live stream this coming Tuesday. I will be filming something for all, all day long. So I'll be, I'm going to be missing Bachelor in Paradise, which is going to be a big hit for me because I think this is the first live stream I'm missing since other than like traveling abroad in, a, in, in the whole year. But I've got a very a big um, a short film that I'm shooting with some other very talented people, which I'm very excited for. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, like my agent drops me because I was ghosting them respectfully. I don't want to do the commercial stuff. I want to do the fun stuff. I want to, I, by, by getting the YouTube success, it's allowing me to not need success in, in, in markets, in creative markets. I don't want to be in, which everyone's like, you got to do a commercial. They pay great. Don't get me wrong. There are some commercials that are a ton of fun. My friend Dana Moon just booked a lifetime commercial where she's a crazy, 
uh, crazy chick at a laundromat. And it's like, that's a total fun commercial. Those would be fantastic to do. But most are like, you know, hey, I'm Jeff from Allstate. It's like, okay, cool. You know, um, not to mention you audition for a thousand of those without booking one. No one's paying you to audition, you know? So anyway, by, by having the momentum here, I'm able to say no to a lot of things. And let me tell you guys something. The power to say no, the power to not have to pander and uh, beg for other gigs you don't even want is a power unlike anything else. So the fact that I'm able to do this comedy project with my buddies on Tuesday, which will by all means make some waves with the right people. It'll look very, very solid. It'll be good for like auditions for other, you know, um, comedy projects. It, it's, it's the thing. It's the thing. It's in the right direction. So all, all, um, all sales are pointed in the right direction. Is that a, is that a term? It feels like it is. Uh, if you're listening to this on the old podcast app and you want to get kind of stay more in touch with us, um, we had some people. Sarah, our, my moderator, created a new um, Facebook community called Dave Neal's Community. Um, you know, maybe eventually we'll change the title there to something else. But in the meantime, Dave Neal's Community on Facebook. Uh, we've been really pushing it all week. It's up to, let's see, about 600 people. Got about 600 people in the community. $5.99. Oh, can you believe that? Hold on. I have two member requests. So let me say yes to these member requests right now. And then we'll have 601. So look at that, folks. Breaking news. 601 new members in the group. Um, so that's fun. You can go over there. And uh, that's a good way to stay in touch for future stand-up show dates. I'm going to start looking at like how many people I can get into certain markets like Nashville, Seattle, Orlando, Tampa, um, Chicago. Uh, there'll be some different markets out there, Scottsdale, that I might be coming to sooner than you know. So when that when that all takes place, the Facebook and Instagram at Neals will be the best place to stay so that I can get you the proper um, information to come to those shows. All right, folks. Well, leave a comment on, like I said, you reach me on Instagram or Facebook or however else you can find me out there and let me know what you think. Let me know if there's a way that you would like this podcast format to go because I don't, I don't like the old way that I was interviewing people. I don't like the time that it takes to do that. I don't see that coming back anytime soon for me on this channel. Uh, maybe it'll be a different show that I do. But um, as far as Q&A goes, ranting, motivational stuff, behind the scenes, YouTube stuff, that's what I enjoy talking about. And that's the direction I think the next steps of things will be. Uh, if you have any questions that you want for future episodes, yeah, write in. Uh, write in, absolutely. And uh, anything from dating advice to life advice. Um, I don't know everything, but um, I'm by all means could uh, give you my uh, unfiltered opinions and, um, and all that jazz. So I appreciate everyone so much and we will talk to you guys later. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. 